Right, this, is, uh, this is from the message. Uh, Eugene Peterson, Reverend Dr. Eugene Peterson, wrote a, a version of the Bible a few years back, a vernacular version, um, considering that the Bible was originally written in street language and considering that's what Jesus and his disciples spoke, it kind of makes sense to look at it again in this light. Uh, and the first line in the reading says, he went on to tell the story. So whenever we get uh, something like that, we kind of want to know what he went on from. So before we read the reading, we could look back just a little bit, the first six verses of chapter 14, and see that Jesus went to a, the leader of the Pharisees to eat a meal on the Sabbath day. So he was eating a meal with, with a religious leader on the Sabbath day, and they're watching him real closely, and a man came in with dropsy, it says, and he healed him on the Sabbath, which is supposedly forbidden, isn't it? It seems kind of silly now. But you weren't allowed to work on the Sabbath, and healing someone was work. And so he said to them, he asked them, is it lawful to cure people on the Sabbath or not? He asked them after he had done so. And, uh, well, he hadn't done so yet. He asked if it's lawful, and they didn't answer him. And so he turns around and heals the guy in front of the religious establishment, heals the guy, turns to them and said, if your child or your ox fell into a well, you'd immediately pull it out on the Sabbath day. So why wouldn't you heal somebody who's right there before you? So it's a story of not letting your religion get in the way of faith in action, not, not letting a, a series of rules get in the way of what God wants you to do in mercy in the moment. And so from there, he went on to tell a story to the guests around the table, noticing how each had tried to elbow into the place of honor. He said, when someone invites you to dinner, don't take the place of honor. Somebody more important than you might have been invited by the host. Then he'll come and call out in front of everybody, you're in the wrong place. The place of, the on of honor belongs to this man. Red-faced, you'll have to make your way to the very last table, the only place left. When you're invited to dinner, go and sit at the last place. Then when the host comes, he may very well say, Friend, come up to the front. That will give the dinner guests something to talk about. What I'm saying is if you walk around with your nose in the air, you're going to end up flat on your face. But if you're content to be simply yourself, you will become more than yourself. And I'm going to say that again. If you're content to be simply yourself, you will become more than yourself. Then he turned to the host. The next time you put on a dinner, don't just invite your friends and family and rich neighbors, the kind of people who will return the favor. Invite some people who never get invited out. The misfits from the wrong side of the tracks. You'll be and experience a blessing. They won't be able to return the favor, but the favor will be returned. Oh, how it will be returned at the resurrection of God's people. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So, how do you follow Jesus when he's preaching? Rapidly and hopefully humbly. I'm not so good at the humble part. But... <clears throat> It is no coincidence that Jesus does some of his best teaching around a table. And it's no coincidence that our favorite sacrament is at our communion table. 
Because there's something that happens when we break bread with other people, when we sit down to a meal with other people, that humanizes us and puts us on similar footing. I mean, think about it. Another sacrament, a wedding. You always follow a wedding with some kind of food, right? There's some kind of party, there's a reception, sit-down dinner or hors d'oeuvres or something. You always eat together with the people after they gather. We do coffee hour every Sunday for the same reason. There's something about being together and eating. Think of your first date with your significant other. I hope you didn't eat spaghetti. I remember the first time I met my wife's uh, parents, uh, her, her dad and her stepmom, um, officially. I had met them once before when I was just some, some guy coming to a graduation party. But after that, the first time that I met them, we had a meal together. And there was a real sense of something happening. Her grandfather was there as well. And she walked me in to meet him. He was an old man. He didn't have long to live. And she said, Grandpa, I want you to meet my boyfriend. And he responded, Who is it this week? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, we sat and had a meal together, and, and her stepmom, Joanne, was gracious and cooked wonderfully, and her father told corny jokes. And by the end of the meal, there was a connection. There was a connection there. And it's the, the same thing whenever we eat together. A new connection forms. And Jesus likens the kingdom of God to sitting down at a meal together. Isn't that wonderful? We connect with our host, we connect with our God when we gather together to be nourished. And then Jesus goes further and says, but don't just invite your friends. Invite everybody to this meal. Invite everyone you see to this meal. <laughs> yes, they're having more fun than you are. And so this very short homily, this is what I want to say to each and every one of you. The success we've had here at this wonderful church is the result of our openness, of our welcoming nature. God has seen that and blessed it, I truly believe. I think God rejoices that we don't turn anyone away and that we don't wag a finger or stand in judgment of others. We're all sitting together at this meal. And it gets crazy loud, and I'm sure some of them have olives on their fingers at the kids' table right now. <laughs> and we aren't always in control of it. We aren't even in control of the conversation all the time. And sometimes more people show up that we hadn't planned for, and sometimes fewer. But what a meal! What a meal we can serve here together. What nourishment we can give to anybody who needs it. You know, in similar story that Jesus tells elsewhere, he doesn't just say, welcome anybody. He actually sends the God, sends servants out on the street looking for others and inviting them back. Inviting anybody and everyone back.
So I stand here before you today, and I ask that you do the same. Let's invite everybody. <laughs> Turn around. There. You know, it's funny, but I, I didn't see Sarah. I just saw... <laughs> We're inviting everybody. And that means you and I do the same. First of all, we open up our own hearts to everyone. First of all, we recognize how marvelous it is to have God in our lives. What a wonder it is. Second of all, we recognize the world is hungry for God right now. The world is hungry for meaning in their lives. The world is hungry for the love that comes from it, the deep meaning that comes from it, the nourishment that comes from a relationship with God. And the only thing stopping more people from being filled up is they don't know about us. They haven't been asked. They haven't been invited. So, everybody in here, don't steal sheep. But if you know someone who's struggling right now, if you know someone who's not welcome somewhere else, or you know someone who could just use a lift, I ask you to invite them to church next week. And maybe the week after. And maybe the week after. I ask you to be the kind of people Jesus asked us to be. We've got this table here. It's all set. And God will feed as many as come forward. We're ready, aren't we? Are we ready? Are we ready? Do you love the way God loves you? Do you know God loves you? Yeah? You sure? We're working on it. Okay. All right. That'll work. Do you know that God loves everybody else? Yes. Do you recognize that telling the story of that love can change people's lives? Yes. Are you willing to tell that story? Yes. Out loud. <laughs> Okay. It's rally day, my dear friends, and we have had wonderful blessings bestowed upon us. Just amazing blessings bestowed upon us this day. And our job while we are on this planet is to leave this planet better off than we found it. Our job within this faith is to leave this faith further along than what we've inherited. And on rally day 2015, we need to be further along. We need to have helped God a little bit more. We need to have helped make our world a little more faithful, a little more loving, a little more blessing and blessed. The meaning of Rally Day is that we all pull up our boots, roll up our sleeves, and get busy. Is everyone ready to get busy? Yes. That was good. All right. Then, no, I'm not going to say that word. Uh, when we say that word, we've talked about this before. The tendency when we say that word is to seal it like it's all over. But this is an open-ended sermon. We're going to preach this sermon for the next year. For 52 Sundays, we're going to preach this sermon. 